Wolves across the land Eagles will now have the upper hand A podcast will kill this wicked blight A mighty guild of geeks arise From master filmmaker Hayao Miyazaki, the director of the Academy Award-winning Spirited Away. That is ancient sorcery. Quite powerful, too. This summer, experience the epic tale of a young woman transformed by a mysterious curse. That's really me, isn't it? An enchanted moving castle. This is a magic house. And the one wizard powerful enough to set her free. This charm will guarantee your safe return. Walt Disney Studios presents a Studio Ghibli production of a Hayao Miyazaki film. Hold on. This June, journey to amazing new worlds. Find me in the future! Aboard Howl's Moving Castle. Hello and welcome to episode... 24? 24? <laughs> 24. It is it 24 already? Um, yeah. I feel like it's 24. My spirit, it is 24. Yeah, 24. Oh, trust of, my feelings. Yeah, you did trust your feelings yeah. of Culture Zoo and Mighty Guild of Geeks. Uh-huh. I'm Levi. I'm Rosalind. And uh, we are getting to the end of Hayomi's, the summer of Miyazaki. Summer of Miyazaki. Yes, that's right. Um and uh, yeah, so we we uh, only have uh, two Miyazaki films left, and I don't think we're going to quite make it no. for the summer because when does summer end? Like next week? Officially? It feels like officially. I think it is next week or the week after. Yeah, so. we might get we might get one, but yeah. we're, we made it we're close. Very we were close. close. Thankfully, well, not thankfully, but for our situation, yeah. he, he kind of slowed down <laughs> he towards did, the end of yeah. his career. Um, but tonight. We are talking about Howl's Moving Castle. First off, yeah. how, how are things going, Rosalind? Anything, oh, good. Um, anything yeah. exciting happening these days? Or? So much exciting stuff. Oh, man, I've been so busy lately. And I apologize for the sporadic schedule, yeah, too. because uh, busy. Yeah, just, I took on a side job. It's taken way more time than I thought it was going to. Yeah. They always um, do. They always do, yeah. I haven't had much time for drawing or really suffering in mm. that front. You read anything good? In oh, I did read a good book. Oh, well, it's not really like... Geeky. It's not, but I it was really good. Uh, Barbara Kingsilver's Prodigal Summer. Oh. Uh, she's a Poisonwood Bible yeah. lady. And it was really good. Mm. It's so good to read really good writing, and that's what it is. Yeah. Like... 
and and yeah, she's very slice of life, but so well done. Hmm. And she's an amazing writer. She is in the head of like an 80 year old man, like a 28 year old Hmm. woman, and then like a 45 year old woman. It's crazy how people can do that. Yes. I don't know how people do it. Like, and she's in their head so believably and, and it's just amazing. She's an amazing writer and, um, it was a really good book. Very cool. Yeah. I read a good book recently as well. Um, I read Bel Canto by some author. I forgot her name, (laughs) 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 but it's, it was a book about opera that made me want to listen to opera. It was really good. It was a beautiful book. Very romantic. It was like one of those books that like, it's, it's a, it's, it's good. I think it's good to read a really romantic book once in a while. Right. Yeah. I don't I think remember it's the last for, time I read a really I think, romantic book. I think book. guys need to keep in touch with the romantic side. Because <laughs> right, we, we tend... It. Men are romantic people. I mean, yeah. we can be very... We need rom, like a yeah. romantic peace to us. So you kind of have to feed that fire. Right. So like give yourself a remembrance. Are you going to take Suzanne on a date or something? <laughs> no, I just think I just think it's good to, to always uh, kind of... Um, yeah. Uh, you know... Um, just, just stoke those flames once in a while. <laughs> that's, that's all I'll say about it, I guess. Well, my book had a lot of, um, stuff in it <laughs> and I gave it, I gave it to someone. I was like, just so you know, a lot, a lot of adult situations. <laughs> I wouldn't say romantic necessarily, yeah. but classy, like yeah. classy done, mm-hmm. like not, not, yeah. embarrassing, not embarrassing, like, which in and of itself is an amazing talent yeah. to be able to write that kind of a scene. Mm-hmm. Without going overboard or underboard, but yeah. just like being perfect. That is one of those things I've I've written many a book, and I can never imagine like, writing how would I do a, this? a love scene. Let's say, yeah, multi scene. I, I would be yeah. terribly embarrassed. I think I would be way too embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But I think that's part of being like such an accomplished writer, where like. It's it's outside of you. It doesn't seem as personal yeah. when I think you're that good of a writer because, like, I think probably immature writers will write themselves oh into everything, right? Like, everything is themselves. Mm-hmm. And when you're that good, like, you believe she's an 80-year-old man. Yeah. Like, you do. Mm-hmm. And... And so I think that in that way, it might be a little less embarrassing because yeah. it's a little, it's so far outside of yeah. yourself. It's not like your personal experiences <laughs> or anything. Well, yeah, yeah, I agree. So I guess one other thing to mention before we get into this is, um, you recommended a podcast to me, the adventure zone. Wait, can I just say something? Yes, you may. I knew this podcast before you did. Yeah, you totally did. Which is, I feel like a huge accomplishment for I'm me. I'm a huge fan of it now. So how far into it are you? Um, I'm kind of on their second mission where they go to the Bureau of Balance. Okay. Or, yeah. So they just finished their they're first in, mission. They're in like fantasy Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> or it's fantasy Costco. Fantasy they Costco. They get a song yeah. that goes with it. Oh, in they the do? Later episode. It's like fantasy Costco. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those. Um, it's one of those things that if you describe it, it sounds so boring. Right. I tried. I told some people about it, and they're like, "Oh, Rosalind." <laughs> that sounds terrible. It sounded terrible, but I trusted your recommendation. Yeah. Um, and boy, is it! It's hilarious. Is it good? It's yeah. so good. It's more just. Um, yeah, there's just something about it that's. It's just, just like yeah, it hits all the right notes. It does. It really does. I think it's. Um, 
Yeah. So the, the podcast is the Adventure Zone, yeah, and it's look it up. Yeah, it's, it's to me. It's almost feels like a soap opera at this point. Where like, <laughs> like I love the characters yeah. so much. I'm like, like I'm really invested in them. And like, yeah. who's your favorite character? Taco. Taco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I also really like Merle. Like mm-hmm. Merle is great, and I, I mean, yeah. I love them all. But Taco, Merle, then Magnus, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh, yeah. It's if it's definitely like. PG thirteen, uh, probably I mean, R with R. all the f words. Yeah, they definitely have some foul language. And then it does get like like they'll, little they'll dirty here and there, which is there. kind of unfortunate. But also, it's just kind of like it's kind the of who spirit of the are. podcast. Yeah. Like they're just you know three brothers yeah. and their dad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. I I love it. It's yeah. very good. Um. Yeah. So recommended for the older culture zoo, yes. um, culture zoo uh, listeners. All right, so tonight we are talking about the dun dun dun. Take a wild guess. Hayao Miyazaki film, Howl's Moving Castle. When did this come out? Uh, 2013. No, no, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't know why I saw that. <laughs> yeah, 2003, uh, 2004. 2004. Yeah, and so this was based on a book, actually. Yeah. By what's her name? Diane Winnie Jones. Um, Yes, Diane Wynne Jones. Jones. Yeah, um, which I actually read the book. Oh, you did? Yeah, about probably about six years ago. Because of the movie? Yeah, after I saw the movie, I read the book. Aren't they very different? I think they're pretty different, and I don't. I, I was as I was watch rewatching this, I was like, I wish I could remember more of the book. Right. It didn't stick with me. I remember enjoying it, mm-hmm. but not. I mean, obviously, I didn't like. You know, it didn't change my life yeah. or anything like that. I do remember that the plot was. I I felt like it was pretty different. Like it was, this is a very loose. I was just reading a little bit and it sounds like Hayao Miyazaki really kind of took the idea and ran with it. Yeah. And thought like, oh, how is this castle moving? And kind of extrapolated. I would say this. Yeah. This almost has more of a fairy tale feel to it than than the the book book in a weird sort of way. Even though like, I don't remember there being like as much of a war theme with it either. Right. I think that was probably for the times. Yeah. Hayao yeah. Miyazaki's trying to Yeah, right in the middle kind of, the of expressing war. himself. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so so yeah, so this is um I guess we can kind of just dive into the plot yeah. and uh, do our usual thing with okay. it. So um we open and so uh, one thing to point out this this feels very much like it could be set in the same universe as how, uh, castle uh, in the Sky. Yeah, I was going to say House of the Castle. No. <laughs> castle in castle the Sky. Castle in the Sky. Yeah, it has the steampunky, yeah. kind of ambiguous. They have cars, but they're like mm-hmm. old cars that have like steam. Feels like it takes place in the aughts. Yes. If, I was going to say like turn of the century. Yeah, that's kind of when people the way people dress. But like 1910 maybe, or um, maybe, because the clothes aren't super Victorian. Yeah, I feel like it could almost take place in like the Music Man. Like, it, like yes, the, the women the have man, like, because yeah. they still have like a Big lot of, hats. like a little bit of Victorian, uh-huh. like uh, fashion left, but it's a little yeah. bit more like uh, progressive socially. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it takes place in kind of a, a very similar universe to to uh, Castle in the Sky. Yeah. Lots of uh, ships, mm-hmm. huge, massive ships flying around that look similar to Castle yeah. in the Sky Air ships. ships. Yeah, mm-hmm. airships. Um, and uh, the setting seems to be in some kind of European place. I a little feel bit. like it's England. England. Like it really yeah. seemed English to me. Yeah. At least her town did. Yeah. Sophie's town. You're, I guess you're kind of right, huh? And they had English accents. I mean, I know that's the dub, but mm-hmm. um, 
Just the cobblestoneness, the yeah. way the military looked. I don't think it is England, but it's yeah. definitely it's sort of based like England. yeah, that like Northern European y mm -hmm. kind of mm -hmm. place. Doesn't feel like super Italian. No, or like not that. like yeah. yeah. It's very fantasy right away. Um, yeah. So we open on Sophie. She's a young um, hat maker. Yeah, Sophie. We just closed the shop. You've done enough work. Why don't you come out with us this time? No, I better finish this. You go and have fun. All right, suit yourself. Let's go, girls. Hatter. A hatter. What? It, no, there's a word for it. Uh, it's not haberdash. It starts with an M. <laughs> oh, it'll come to me. Don't worry. Huh. Milliner. Milliner? Yeah. That's a thing. It's a milliner. Oh, well, she's a young milliner. She makes hats. Yeah. Um, and uh. She, uh, what are your kind of first impressions of Sophie? She's just very sober and very sober, serious. Very introverted, I would say. Yeah, serious, introverted, um, plain, yeah, uh, plain. kind of, um, yeah, just. Yeah, she, she likes to work. She, mm -hmm. she clearly likes to keep to herself. And I think this is, again, things I love about Jaime Zaki. He does a lot with a little, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. like, um, like there's this one shot of her where she's going out to meet her sister and she puts on a hat and looks in a mirror yeah, and yeah. smiles and then like pulls the hat over her head and like yeah. just like hates herself yeah, or she's something just like this isn't working. She, yeah, yeah, it doesn't work like mm -hmm. for her to be. And it's like this really wonderful moment of like mm -hmm. subtle character development that you kind of get who she is where um, she sees. She's not happy with herself. But she's, she's not happy not with herself, but she it. doesn't want to even like express yeah. like herself. That's the interesting thing is she never smiles in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, like she's very yeah, sober, very sober, very serious. Yeah, and just like kind of. Mm. So she doesn't want to let that part of her out, mm -hmm. herself out. Um, yeah. Like the happy part or whatever. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason, doesn't really say. Her dad died. Uh -huh. Is kind of comes out, so that's why she's she's taking over the shop from her dad. And she's dad. kind of a misfit in her family. And she's a misfit in you her family. You see, her mom and her her sister are really beautiful and kind yeah. of ditzy. Uh, and yeah. Just super. Very outgoing and popular people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so she goes to meet her sister, uh, Letty, and she's going across this town, which seems to be kind of, there's, there's war brewing. You get, there's like military and marches. And, yeah. And, um, these two soldiers kind of, um, begin to harass her, harass her yeah. as she's going across town, but she's rescued by this mysterious person yeah. who just kind of shows up out of nowhere. Um, and, uh, this is actually how, yeah. how old are you anyway? You live around here? Leave me alone. You see, your mustache scares all the girls. So, I think she's even cuter when she's scared. There you are, sweetheart. Sorry I'm late. <gasps> I was looking everywhere for you. Hey, hey, we're busy here. Are you really? It looked to me like the two of you were just leaving. Don't hold it against them. They're actually not all that bad. Um, and he rescues her, and you immediately she realizes immediately he's a wizard because right. they kind of fly away. And in this universe, even in the very first few minutes and seconds, yeah. it's established that uh, Hal's wizards moving castle is a thing, and mm -hmm. wizards are a thing. Yeah. And Hal kind of seems like a, like a lovable rogue a little yeah. bit, where he's a little bit to be scared. He's to be scared of, but he's also like very attractive and yeah. like kind of like this attractive bad boy. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that should be the first thing. Actually, Actually, the, the movie opens on a shot on the of the mo moving castle, which mm -hmm. um, the castle is like this, 
living house. Mm-hmm. It's amazingly well it's designed. Really cool. It has like a mouth and eyes, but it's a it's a it's clearly like a mechanical house. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even really look like a robot. It's like very steampunk. Mm-hmm. But it kind of wanders around in these wastes where only like wizards and witches live. Mm-hmm. But they live in like civilization. Yeah. You know, so they it seems like, you know, they don't they're not super exposed to wizards and witches all the time. Right, but they exist. But it's a universe where they definitely exist and they're an accepted part of the mm-hmm. world. Similar to Kiki's Delivery Service, maybe, yes. but maybe on a more wild side. Um, so so she's rescued by Hal, mm-hmm. um, who, who saves her from these two soldiers. And um, that is something that kind of thrills her a yeah. little bit. You can tell she's, she's a little <laughs> bit... Um, well, he's very dashing. Yeah. In yeah. like a very, like, I guess it's... And we should say, so they're voiced by Emily Mortimer, mm-hmm. um, Sophia's, and Christian Bale mm-hmm. as hell. Yeah. So I think Christian Bale did a good job. I liked Christian yeah. Bale as him. Yeah, I thought he did a good job. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely gave kind of that cool... But young at young, the same time. But, yeah, but cool. But yeah, like yeah. not like a Mel Gibson. It's yeah. like the younger side yeah. of like... It was a good choice. You know. Yeah. Um, so... This is great for Sophie. She got mm-hmm. rescued and, um, you know, she's, this is kind of intrigues her. It's been a whirlwind of a day. Mm-hmm. So she goes home, but her being rescued by Hal has caught the attention of someone else who's, who's not happy that Hal's paying attention to her, yeah. which is the Witch of the Waste, voiced yeah. by... Bum. Why did I draw a blank? I looked it up, too. Lauren Bacall. Sorry. I'm sorry, but the shop's closed now, ma'am. I could have sworn I locked that door. Must have forgotten. What a tacky shop. I've never seen such tacky little hats. Yet you're by far the tackiest thing here. Lauren Bacall, wife of Humphrey Bogart, um, from The Big Sleep. Okay. Really good actress. Looks like Autumn Leggy. Um, (laughs) I can't think of who she is. uh, Yeah. Anyway, um, kind of a classical actress, Mm -hmm. um, voiced by Lauren Bacall. Um, And uh, so The Witch of the Waste is... Um, interestingly designed. Oh, would you say I love she's the extremely witches. grotesque? She's like if you like, like if you were able, like if a really large person were able uh, to like shove their flesh into shapes. Yeah, that's what she's like. Oh, that's a good way. You know of what I mean? Like yeah. if you were if you were able to manipulate your flesh in like like a pretty way, like because yeah. it looks like all of her flesh is like pushed into her bosom. Yeah, but it's like very like like not attractive, but it's better than it would have been or yeah. something. You know, and like. Her yeah. face is like sitting in all of this flesh, but like it looks like her face has been like pulled tight or something. Ooh, that's a good way of describing it. She's very. Unnerving. She has the same effect as Yubaba does, I think, in Spirited Away, where you look mm-hmm. at her and you're like, "Ooh, something's what's, wrong." What's wrong? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. But hers is more of like a veneer of this like yeah. beauty that she's yeah. like manipulating. Yeah, like through magic, she's made mm-hmm. herself not. Not beautiful, but like. But you, that you can see that she's trying beautiful. to be beautiful. Yeah, you know that she's like putting on this, like her face. If you cut out like everything surrounding, yeah. it would be beautiful. Yeah. But then you pull back, and it's like, it's like all proportioned, yeah. strangely. <laughs> Very yeah. Weird. Yeah, man. That's the thing about Ghibli's. They really know how to create unsettling right. images. They do. They're like, this is the unsettling proportion. Yeah, exactly. It's like a magic proportion. Yeah. You just looking at it, you're like, ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she comes into the hat shop where Sophie's working. And, um, and she basically immediately puts a curse on Sophie. Yeah. Um, and so Sophie, who's this young girl is suddenly changed into a 90 year old woman. Yeah. Like very, very, very old. (laughs) Oh, oh, I've got to stay calm. 
Now there's no use panicking, Sophie. Go. It's a bad dream, that's all. Just go inside, go to bed. Very, very old, <laughs> this old woman. Not so frail, but old. Yeah. Um, and um, so we assume that the Witch of the Waste put this on her because she didn't like how that Howl was paying attention to Sophie. Mm-hmm. That Howl seemed to have something for Sophie. So Sophie's now a 90-year-old woman. Yeah, and she's kind of just like, okay. <laughs> what okay, do I do? What okay. do I do? Yeah. <laughs> it's a funny reaction because uh-huh. she doesn't, because Sophie doesn't think she's beautiful. She's right. mentions that before, that she's not beautiful. Yeah. So she doesn't have this moment of like, my beauty yeah. is gone. <laughs> and it's interesting because she looks so old, but they really did a good job of making her look like Sophie, right. the young Sophie. Right. So. Because she has, Sophie has like big brown eyes uh-huh. and kind of heavy eyebrows. Yeah. It's kind of her defining yeah. characteristics. Mm-hmm. And they keep like the big brown eyes. Yeah. I just noticed that, that like throughout the movie, Sophie changes ages like a lot. Yeah. She's the movie. constantly changing. Yeah. I started noticing like she looks younger than yeah. you, you know. She goes from like being nine years old all the way to back and forth kind of. Yeah. But she'll kind of look like 70 sometimes. Yeah, sometimes like maybe 50. 50. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, but they, they do a really good job of moving her in and out through the ages. Mm-hmm. So, so Sophie, um, now that she's 90 years old, she wants, she's under a curse mm-hmm. and they make the point that she can't tell anyone about the curse. She yeah. can't talk about the curse is what the witch of the waste tells her. So she decides to go out into the wastes where the wizards and witches are. Mm-hmm. I assume to, to break the curse. Yeah. Find somebody to break the curse. Yeah. And, um, so she she goes out there, she meets, uh, she finds a couple things. Mm-hmm. First, she finds a scarecrow that just is a turnip stuck on a pole, yeah. pretty much, <laughs> that is alive yeah. at the same time. It follows her around, seems to really like her. She pulls it out of a bush. It was stuck in a bush. Um, it can't talk, just hops. Yeah. Um, they call it turnip head. It's funny how it's not that scary. Like you would no. think it would be very scary, yeah. but they, they make it so you're not scared You're kind of, of charmed by it. You're like, aw. It helps her. She it calls brings, turnip head. Yeah, it, it brings her a cane. Yeah. Because um, she's having a really hard time out in the waist. She's like really old. She's like really tired. Yeah. She can barely <laughs> yeah, walk. Yeah, like how she says like, I'm fatter than ever, but yeah. the wind, like I'm colder than yeah, ever. You yeah. think I'd be warm, you know. The wind cuts right through you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, she's handling the whole age thing pretty well. Yeah. I think that's the interesting thing is she takes it. I mean, she's shocked a little bit at first, but she takes it pretty in stride. She really does. Yeah. I think it's her practicality in a way yeah. and that she doesn't think she's beautiful and like yeah. has never like had any privileges because she's mm-hmm. beautiful. And so she's just kind of like, okay. And I also think a little bit that. I'm going a little psychological on the character of Sophie. I think it's just another layer of disguise for her in some Mm. ways, like in that she's a person who wants to hide, you know, she doesn't want attention. And so she's almost more comfortable in some ways as Mm -hmm. the old woman, Mm -hmm. she can kind of be herself more because it's just, it's, it's just another layer of hiddenness. Cause she does say, at least my clothes fit me now, like my age now, because she dresses really plain in an era where the women are all like decked up and stuff. So yeah, I think that that's probably accurate that she wants to kind of not stand out. Yeah. She wants to be kind of left alone. uh Um, and so it's not something that she's, she doesn't like being old, but it's not something that's like, a it's doesn't wreck her either. Um, and so the second thing she finds out in the wastes is Hal's moving castle. Yeah. The moving castle comes. Yeah. Actually turnip head brings her to it. Yeah. Shows her where the, Mm -hmm. where the castle is. Um, and so 
again, this castle is just so... So cool. It's so cool. You kind of got to see it to get how cool it is. It definitely reminds me of the bathhouse in that... Yeah. In that it's designed... I guess actually a lot of Ghibli's films... They all, all the, the places have a very well thought out design. Yeah, even the house in My Neighbor Totoro, like their yeah. house house, mm-hmm. have such a concrete feel mm-hmm. and feel like you could go there. Yeah. Yeah, and this, it just... It feels really like cobbled together yeah. and like like it's been like over years and years has mm-hmm. been stuck together and grown yeah. and it's held obviously together by magic. Yeah. Like you like how the burrow is described like it's yeah. held together by magic. Yeah. And um you have like houses hanging like full houses hanging off the side yeah. and it's tons it's of somehow, steam yeah, coming it, off. It works. And it then really yeah and the entire picture looks kind of like a giant like creature grub maybe yeah. or something some with chicken of, legs. Yeah, some kind of animal yeah. is what it looks like. Um, like a huge head. Yeah, and she like comes in through like a tail. Yeah. Is where the door There's is. There's a door. Yeah. yeah. And it kind of, it lets her in. Yeah, it basically lets her in. So she comes in. And um, it's in the this room. She finds herself in this room where there's a fire burning in the middle of the room. Mm-hmm. And um, this fire actually it is like a living fire. Right. It's it, named, she finds yeah, out pretty quickly. It's a fire demon is yeah. what it's called. But it's a living fire that basically is running the house. Calcifer. And the, the name is Calcifer, voiced by... I don't envy you, lady. That is one mm-hmm. bad curse. Curses are tough. You're going to have a very hard time getting rid of that one. The fire spoke. Let me guess, the curse won't allow you to talk about it, right? <laughs> Are you a howl? No, I'm an extremely powerful fire demon named Calcifer. I just like to do that once in a while. A fire demon? Well then, you should be able to break my curse. Maybe, maybe not. Listen, if you can find a way to break the spell that's on me, then I'll break the spell that's on you. You got it? Philly Crystal. Crystal which yeah. I think was really good. Yeah, I, I, I like Philly it. Crystal, yeah. yeah. Um... Yeah, voiced by it, it, it. You need. He gives him a ton of personality. Yeah, is what exactly, he does. Like exactly, tons of personality. Yeah, and like you have a ton of empathy for yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. Know? He's a character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Calcifer is this fire demon who can't really leave the fire pit, um, and uh, and he's you know kind of the he magic. runs a house. Yeah. He hold, and he's not only just runs it, but yeah, holds it together, mm-hmm. kind of makes it possible yep exactly and there's also she, she meets another person in the uh in the uh in the castle or yeah. the house um a boy named marco Mar- marco yep he's cute yeah this cute little boy um who's Hal's apprentice mm-hmm. and um so she decides that okay i'm gonna be the cleaning lady mm-hmm. you know i i this is where i'm gonna be and well, and her and Calcifer kind of yeah. have a little relationship because uh, right off oh, the yeah. bat, he sees that she's under a curse. So Calcifer yeah. can see through the fact like, that that's she's, some curse you're under. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not an old lady. Yeah, and they sort of make this loose deal where if she can free Calcifer from the house, yeah, being basically a slave to the house and the uh-huh. castle, then he'll break her court curse. Oh, and okay. from then on, they have kind of a special relationship because. It's pointed out that Calcifer doesn't listen to anyone but Hal, yeah. but he listens to her. He like she can Sophie. make him yeah. do stuff that nobody else can. Yeah, so point. they kind of have like a, a little connection there. Yeah, you're right. So so she like the house is a huge mess. It's yeah. a bachelor pad basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and so she decides that she's going to clean the whole place up. She's going to become the cleaning mm-hmm. lady. Um, and I also think the reason she is because she has a little thing yeah, for how she's like, hey, I'm going to hang out <laughs> yeah. in the house. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. she's an old lady at the same right. time. Right. So it's kind yeah. of like uh, platonic. Uh, and I think she's just playing the part. Like yeah. I'm this old cleaning lady. Yeah. She likes that she can fly under the radar. Yeah. You know, and she's a she's a very good cleaning lady. She is. Yeah. She really gets the place clean. <laughs> um, so. What's going on in the outside world as she takes on this cleaning lady job is that basically the kingdom they live in is going to war. There's a one of the, the another kingdom thinks that there's there's a missing prince, mm-hmm. um, and so in this world of wizards, um, where there's you know all these magical people, mm-hmm. um, they're all summoned to the castle to report for duty mm-hmm. essentially. Um, by oh gosh, Sullivan, Solomon, Solomon or Solomon? Is it Solomon? Solomon. Madame Solomon. Solomon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who's like the king's wizard. Mm-hmm. Um, and she uh, she's summoning all the wizards to the castle and Hal has to report for mm-hmm. duty, basically. As two of his aliases. But yeah, also. he has all these different aliases is yeah. kind of a subplot that he's the wizard Pendragon. Yeah. And the wizard. The, starts with a T. Uh, yeah, I forget what it is. But yeah. Um, and. And yeah, so he's been being summoned to, to go to war. But the problem he is, is he, he doesn't want to, he hates the war. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to fight in the war. Um, and it, if he, as he fights, like wizards who fight in the war lose their humanity, mm-hmm. basically. Um, it's like they have to stay the beast that they are yeah. transformed into. Because yeah. he can be this like crazy bird. Yeah, he can transform into this this creature. And all the wizards kind of are transforming into different Creatures, creatures, but it yeah. seems like they lose their humanity. They lo- they can't transform back yeah. eventually. Essentially, yeah, and um, and that is you know that's something they kind of say a lot is mm-hmm. the, these guys will never transform back. Mm-hmm. You know, so he doesn't want to do that. He's scared. And how as it as it progresses, he starts off this very cool kind of mysterious person. Um, but yeah, there, there's a, kind of a scene where you see a different side of it. I yeah. love that scene. Yeah. <laughs> well, and well, also just to point out the. The coolness of the castle. Yeah. It has like ports into all these different cities. Yeah, exactly. So That's you like turn a dial and you're at the ocean. You turn yeah. a dial and you're somewhere else. So yeah. the castle is just super cool. Yeah, exactly. The for, for the main door, yeah, you can just, you can go to the ocean. You can mm-hmm. change. It's just, you just have to open it up. So that's why he can be, have all these different identities yeah. in these different cities. To kind of hot. And it seems like he might be hiding from Solomon. Yeah. He definitely doesn't want to escape attention. Yes. So that's why all the aliases are to sort of keep him safe. Yeah. Yeah, and that's another thing between him and Sophie is they both want to be kind of hidden. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. And uh, so there's one like kind of plate, like there's one door that leads you to where the castle is. Mm-hmm. Like, so you go outside and you can see the castle walking around. It's in the wastes. And mm-hmm. That's the thing. I feel like this this film just really scores on the animation. Yeah. I mean, they have some amazing scenery that they do here. Great I'm just animation. like that is just insanely beautiful mm-hmm. these vistas they'll come up with does it seem do you, did they use computers on this one uh i think well they used start they've been using computers since princess mononoke i don't know i don't think they use it I extensively i don't think they used it in spirited away did they i mean yeah. all of the all of the cells are hand drawn in spirited away yeah no they they i don't know how much they use computers just cuz it seemed a little bit more computerish to me not in a 
bad way, uh-huh. but it just seemed less hand drawn than hmm. Spirited Away as a contrast. I'd have to I'll have to rewatch it. That's interesting. Especially going from Spirited time. Away to this one, you kind of like Well, I think they've been using him since then. But I don't think they use him extensively. Right. But yeah. There's a few parts where you could definitely see some computer effects in there. Yeah. Um but uh, there's no real like 3D rendering going on. I don't think. Right. Like. Yeah. Like Disney did a lot of that in the 90s, where they would like do like 3D, 3D rendering, rendering in their films. Like. Well, wasn't Beauty and the Beast completely computer, and that was the first completely computer? Animated? Well, the, that's that's a different process. They okay. used like where they would they would scan the cells digitally okay. as opposed to like xeroxing okay. the cells. So that was the first one that they'd used. They'd been using that for a while though. Okay. Before, but the the first the scene in Beauty and the Beast where they're in the ballroom. Yes, it was kind of almost 3D yeah, feeling. That That's is the new thing. computer animated. Okay. So that was a computer animated scene. Okay. And then in Aladdin they made heavy use of computers too huh. when they're like in the cave of wonders and stuff. Oh yeah. You I can bet that's really, so it really stands now. out now. Yeah. At, at the time it was mind blowing. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. But now it's really like, oh, that's clearly <laughs> They <3D."> were learning. <laughs> yeah, which is a shame. And a lot of films in the 90s really did that. Like some DreamWorks films you look at and you're like, man, that yeah, just DreamWorks looks like. Yeah, DreamWorks is always sort of behind the times, I feel like. Yeah, where well, they were really trying to push that envelope, but it just mm-hmm. looks super dated now. Um, yeah. Anyway, so they don't get into that kind of real 3D shape, but they were definitely using computers for certain effects. But yeah, the vistas they give yeah. you gorgeous yeah the fog yeah like yeah just when she's climbing up into the waist and like mm-hmm. the sun setting and stuff it's just really really incredible which i think ghibli does so well like mm-hmm. they take their time with such beautiful scenery yeah. and i don't even know how it's done sometimes yeah. it just looks like watercolor like yeah. i mean i don't even know it's just they really take their time with that and like kind of flesh out the the world you live in yeah and she she's as so she's doing this she's fairly happy it seems like yeah like, she's like really happy very much enjoying herself she's like, like really like lady. teasing yeah. everybody yeah. and like she's thriving in yeah, this environment thriving. yeah she um you know um marco really starts to love her mm-hmm. um and uh you know how it's it's interesting how Hal treats her you mm-hmm. know um we, we don't really know how Hal feels about her right or do you think Hal knows right off the bat that she's Sophie yeah I think he like does like just the first time he sees her I think he does I, I think, think he does too I mean so the first time the first time we kind of get a glimpse of so Sophie when she sleeps like the curse is broken yeah she looks just exactly yeah. like herself which is a really interesting thing because when you first see Sophie I don't know she's she's this character that they because of the contrast between her being older and younger, like she looks really beautiful all of a sudden. Like when you see her, when she's young. When she goes back to being young. When she goes back to being young, you're like, whoa, she's so pretty. But then like, it's just this interesting kind of contrast. And even though the animation is so simple, I think she's like a character that grows on you. A, because she's really a cool person. Yeah. And like, and and her character is blossoming, like you said. So she starts coming out. You're getting to just see all these cool sides of her. And yeah. And then also, yes, you switch back to her, yeah. but I think she's drawn in a way that grows on you, like because she, uh-huh. she has those really heavy eyebrows and big eyes. Yeah. And at first, it's kind of just like shocking, yeah. plain a little bit, but yeah, she grows on you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She definitely does. Yeah. So like when you see her again, oh as my gosh, like she's a, so pretty. Well, she's like, wow, she's really pretty. Yeah. Um, and um, so 
Oh, so what happened? So Hal has to report yeah. for duty. Yeah. And but oh yeah, first off, what happens? You mean when, when he, he summons the demons of darkness? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because Sophie screws up his hair. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's kind of coming and going, like yeah. doing his bird thing, and then, he'll go off on these mysterious missions yeah. that you never know what he's doing. He has so. like a door that only he uses. Yeah. But he, Sophie has cleaned his bathroom. Yeah. She goes in and it's like splattered and it's yeah. so it's disgusting. It's like a disgusting yeah. bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sophie, you, you me. Look, look what you've done to my hair. Look. Oh, what a pretty color. It's hideous. You completely ruined my magic potions in the bathroom. I just organized things, Hal. Nothing's ruined. Wrong! Wrong! I specifically ordered you not to get carried away! Now I'm repulsive. I can't live like this. Come on, it's not that bad. <laughs> and he comes running down with his hair, because he's like got like kind of like a 90s Brad Pitt thing going, maybe, yeah. where it's like long and in his eyes and blonde. And yeah. like he's obviously very vain. He has like earrings. Yeah, he's and... super kind of metro. Yes. So yeah. like emo metro. Yeah. Um and he comes running down the stairs and he's freaking out because he mixed up his hair dye yeah. and he dyed his hair the wrong color. Yeah, and his yeah. hair's like not blonde anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like the first time you see of him like that, as he's maybe not as yeah. cool as he he's thinks like he is. He's like this teenager who's like yeah. throwing him like yeah. a tantrum. He's like, what have you done? <laughs> he's like, you've ruined me. And then he's like, if I can't be beautiful, yeah. I don't Life's want to live. Life's not worth living. <laughs> yeah. And he summons all these demons of darkness. Yeah, Marco's like, he's done this before when a girl dumped him. <laughs> yeah. And like the whole room, he's like dripping green slime. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which to me was like kind of... I don't know, like a poke at being a teenager a little bit because yeah. just like he all of a sudden seems like a teenager who's yeah. like really freaking out over yeah. something super, super minor stupid. and yeah. like just like I just remember like I, I don't know if it's still going on, but when I was a teenager, like the emo movement, yeah, when like it was really cool to like be dark and like have a lot of emotions <laughs> and like I don't think it's going on. As I much. hope it's not anymore. <laughs> yeah, now like I like the new teenagers now that are like really accepting of people and like yeah. you know the glee teenagers um but i don't know if i like the glee teenagers. not the glee ones but i do think in a way there's i mean this is a totally rabbit trail but the new cool is to yeah. be like we accept everybody yeah. and like you know different is nice and different yeah. is good so that is that's nice. an improvement over the emos exactly and like the mean girls so um yeah, so I liked uh, that part is is really good. So yeah, so but she doesn't really she doesn't buy it. No, she's just kind of like, ah, let's give him a bath yeah. and clean him up. Yeah. Um, but he's kind of broken after this. Yeah. Like he's he's really like, like you've seen, sobered. He's very sobered <laughs> after his hair color changes. Yeah. And um, he admits that he's completely terrified of he doesn't want to go to go to Solomon. Solomon. He's really yeah. scared. He doesn't want to go to the castle. Um, and he, he decides, so he, he comes up with the idea that Sophie can go to the castle mm -hmm. as his mother mm -hmm. and tell him, tell Solomon that he's a chicken, that he, he his, her son's a coward and he won't go to war basically. Mm -hmm. I can't run much longer though. I have to report to the palace as both Pendragon and Jenkins. How many aliases do you have anyway? As many as I need to keep my freedom. Hmm. <gasps> I got it! Why don't you go to the palace for me? Huh? Just say that you're Pendragon's mother, 
And your son is such a cowardly wizard, he's too afraid to show his face. Maybe then Madame Solomon will finally give up on me. Who's Madame Solomon? So Sophie's like, okay, I'll go <laughs> <know>. do it. <laughs> and um, so she goes, she goes to this castle, which again, this is just an amazing animation sequence. Mm -hmm. I feel like because the city they animate is incredible, right? So beautiful. It's Detailed. like one of the best. Like, like it's like a very opulent European city. And then there's just certain shots where there's so much going on. Mm -hmm. They have these flying machines, mm -hmm. um, you know, and so it's like all these soldiers giving ladies rides mm -hmm. and these flying machines. Um, and there's just I don't know, just like watching just the backgrounds and yeah. stuff that's happening. It's so incredible. Yeah. Um, but the other person who shows up right next to Sophie is the her old nemesis, the Witch of the Wastes, yeah. um, who has also been summoned to the castle to report. Um, and she's excited about it because she's been wanting to go to the castle for a long time. Yeah, she feels like this is she's her like, like being kind of being recognized witch, by yeah. the this great sorcerer. Yeah. Um, but it turns out to have kind of been a trap, the yeah. whole thing. The first thing that happens is... <laughs> this part is weird. It's gross. It's, it's so gross. gross. Yeah. They so, do. It's yeah. Yeah. It's, so she's always being carried around in like a little. Uh, are those yeah. called captains or like something like that? Or a little like, a little like litter. Or something, yeah, a little yeah. litter with like her like kind of weirdly animated henchmen who carry yeah. her around, and you just see like little bits of her face. Yeah. And then um, you have to walk up into the castle. The, there's no magic allowed yeah. inside the castle, basically. So she, ha you have to climb like these all these this huge. That's just like. Staircase. Thousands of stairs, yeah. yeah, up this like it's like a pyramid practically. Yeah. And know? Sophie's old, so it's hard for her, but she's kind of she's like a tough old lady. Yeah, she's like, she's, yeah, she's exactly. like yeah, I can do this, you know. And she yeah. also picks up a little dog, which she yeah. thinks is Hal because Hal tells her he'll be there in disguise. So yeah. she's carrying this really heavy dog yeah. up the stairs. Who seems to have his, had his vocal cords yeah. removed? He's like, <laughs> he goes. <laughs> That's how he barks. Yeah. And so he always makes these a funny dog. And he yeah. has like chicken feet. Yeah. But he's like a strange. dog. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they're both. So the witch of the West has to climb these stairs. Yeah. And she starts just like coming undone. It, it literally. Literally undone. Like. Like because she's this very. And she starts sweating mm -hmm. and like all these rolls like of start fat, like coming out. Yeah. And like, like all melting. her makeups. Yeah. It's like almost she starts like melting as yeah. she goes up these stairs. Like yeah. her magic can't hold and her in And she's just anymore. like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. She still sounds like she's dying. It's like, disgusting. And the sweat. Yeah. The sweat is just like pouring off of her and they... Yeah, it's very grotesque. <laughs> it it's one of those but scenes. But it kind of gives her like a little bit of like you, sympathy. You yeah, like you start pitying her. You can a see bit. Sophie starts feeling sorry for her because at the mm -hmm. end of it, like she's like, "Come on, yeah, she's like rooting her on." And she hated the Witch of the West mm -hmm. before. Um, yeah, and, they kind of have like some camaraderie. Yeah, like they're both these old women trying to climb these. <laughs> exactly. Um, so Sophie gets gets up the stairs. The Witch of the West kind of goes off into another room, yeah. and she and Sophie meets with Madame Solomon. Mm -hmm who is this very powerful sorcerer who trained Hal. Yeah, she was like, Hal was her apprentice is kind of how it works out. And um, what what happens there? What is the... So, um, so a couple things happen. One, they... A chair? Is our Charlie moment. And this is the Charlie moment where Charlie refuses to acknowledge that we're podcasting. <laughs> Charlie, you need to go... Why do you need a chair? Um... All right. Okay, Sam is taking care of him. This was a brief Charlie moment. So, <laughs> um, 
so a couple things happened. One, they put the Witch of the West in this room that um, almost I almost felt like it was an electric chair at first. I was Something like, are they like killing that. her? Yeah. But it turns out that they sap her of her power. All they of her, take away her magical powers. All of her magical powers. And um, she's restored to what she would have looked like without makeup, which yeah. is like this shriveled old lady. Yeah. Um, did I say fat. makeup or did I, I just I like magic? Magic. Yeah. Basically. Um, yeah. And also her and Sophie have a talk um, basically talking about Hal and that Hal isn't going to fight in the war. Sophie and Madame Sullivan. Yes. Sophie yeah. and Madame Sullivan. Um, Our kingdom can no longer afford to turn a blind eye to these disreputable witches and wizards. If Hal reports to me and vows to use his magic to serve the kingdom, I will show him how to break from his demon. If not, I'll strip him of all his powers, just like her. That is enough! Now I understand why Hal was so concerned about coming to see you. It's a trap! You lure people here with an invitation from the king, and then you strip them of all their powers. And, and Madame Solomon offer, kind of offers, her, tells her, gives her this bargain that Hal's also under a curse. Mm-hmm. That he... Um, it, his heart was stolen? His heart was stolen, basically. Um, and he hasn't demon. been the same. And he hasn't been the same. Yeah, so he's also under a curse that if he'll come fight in the war, she'll help him break the curse. Mm-hmm. But Sophie says that Hal doesn't need you to break the curse. Hal would never be so heartless. He may be selfish and cowardly, and sometimes he's hard to understand, but his intentions are good. He just wants to be free. Hal won't come here. He doesn't need your help. He can fix his problem with his demon on his own. I'm certain of it. Now I understand you're in love with Hal. <gasps> and when she does that, mm-hmm. she changes to a young girl, mm-hmm. like briefly, which, um, you know, Madame Solomon, Madame Solomon <laughs> realizes, oh, you're in love with Hal. Uh-huh. And then she immediately switches back. Like she, yeah. it's this moment of where she's like young uh-huh. and then like she realizes that she's like said too much. Uh-huh. And the moment she does that, she becomes like an old woman again. Uh-huh. So there's, so this, when she drops her guard, I, I she's exactly, I think it's this, it's this interesting thing mm-hmm. where it's as she starts to love Hal, mm-hmm. the curse starts to go away and but, also say it exactly. But as she starts to realize it and it's, and I think that's, that's kind of the thing that's going on with Sophie through this whole film is the, that it's because it, it's really about like kind of what love is. Mm-hmm. I want to know what love is. <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's this idea of like, you know, love is this very vulnerable, open mm-hmm. thing where you have mm-hmm. to open yourself up to someone and be, you know, mm-hmm. you know, as vulnerable as you'll ever be. And so I think that's, that's why, you know, when mm-hmm. she, when it's like her opening herself up, mm-hmm. you know, and letting herself letting her guards down mm-hmm. and showing who she really is. Mm-hmm. So, and that's when the curse starts to go away as she, as these moments happen of where she's, she doesn't care about herself anymore. Yeah. She doesn't, you know, she's, she, she's not guarded. Yeah. She's not guarded anymore. Yeah. Um, and that's when kind of the curse will mm-hmm. drop. Yeah. And she does. It's, it's interesting because it's almost like, you know, as, as this is something that kind of starts to happen more and more throughout the film. And, you know, you realize that as she's been in the house, she's not as old as she was yeah. when she started. I didn't even realize she it's wasn't old until she started going to the castle. I was like, she's not as old as she used to yeah, be. Yeah, she's gone from like a woman of 90 mm-hmm. to like a woman of 60. Yeah. You know, she's or like 70. upright yeah. and like yeah. her face her isn't is as straighter, wrinkled. Yeah. And 
Yeah. Exactly. It's like slowly breaking. It's like slowly breaking. And so, yeah, she's more, yeah. Um, and, uh, and what happens at this moment, so Hal was in disguise following her. They have this confrontation, which is really trippy. Mm-hmm. It's a very trippy confrontation with Madame Solomon, where Hal almost gets trapped, but she kind of... Snapped, saves him at the last minute. Saves him at the last mm-hmm. minute. That woman terrifies me. I can't face her on my own. You saved me, Sophie. I was in big trouble back there. And they're on the run now from mm-hmm. the King's forces on this cool little plane. Yeah, they steal a little plane and... Yeah. So um, Hal decides to draw the king's forces off. He splits. Sophie's going back towards the castle. They crash into the <laughs> castle. Yeah. Um, and um, basically what happens is that now that Hal has made it clear he's not going to not going to fight mm-hmm. in the war, they're kind of on the run. Yeah, they're kind of on the lam. Yeah. They they've got to uh, they've got to hide from Madame Solomon. Mm-hmm. She's going to send all her henchmen after him now, and um, and so what they decide to do is move the castle. So we've got a lot of work to do. We're moving. Moving? That's good. I'm sick of being stuck out here in the middle of nowhere. Madame Solomon is hot on our trail, so we're going to have to hurry. Mm-hmm. So, and I think more than just move it in the yeah. wasteland because the yeah. castle is always moving through the wasteland, but yeah. it has two these other doors portals into these where it exists yeah. in these other lands yeah. as like a house yeah. or you know a shop or yeah. something like that. So they're moving those ports, yes, kind of. They move those ports, um, and where they move it to is her old hat shop mm-hmm. is basically the the place they move it to and, and another place yeah and so there's a couple things they they change the they basically with that by moving it it changes where the magic doors open to yes. yeah so um so sophie's back at her old hat shop and uh there's another door yeah do you want to check see that new color on the dial there's a new portal so this door opens up into this field that is just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It's got a lake and all these flowers and a little house. And he tells her he used to come there as a child. Yeah, it's an incredible. This, I mean, this place is so beautiful. Yeah. it's like on the top. It's like on a high mountain top. Yeah, it's like in this mountain range. But it's like there's just fields of flowers, yeah. but these pools of water. It's just like it's like a really kind of breathtakingly beautiful place. You like it? It's my secret garden. It's incredible. Did you use your magic to make this? Only a little, just to help the flowers grow. And you get the thing yeah. that Hal is moving these, he's brought he's these things up. for her, yeah. is essentially what he's He says doing. that, he's like, yeah. this is, do, are you happy here yeah. at her old house? Like he wants, he's doing these things for her. Mm-hmm. Kind of, she's worried that he's doing it because he's going away. Yeah. But and it is, he's sort of setting them up to be okay if he does go away. Yeah, if he, if he dies or yeah. can't come back. Mm-hmm. Um, and during this process, the more she sees what he's doing for him, she starts to become younger and younger. Mm-hmm. Um, like when he brings her out into this field, she becomes a young, she yeah. becomes young again. She's yeah. completely young, but she has white hair. She has, yeah, white hair. But she's hair. pretty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this place is gorgeous, Hal. It's like a dream. Um... <laughs> But yeah, but then she switches back to an old lady when she's, it seems like she feels like Hal doesn't love her mm-hmm. or he's going away or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that, that continues to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that they're, Madame Solomon's after them, 
um, she kind of plays this trick on Calcifer where she poisons Calcifer by giving him this worm Yeah, through Sophie's mother. Well, and also a little subplot. She yeah. has the Witch of the West with her. Oh, yeah, that's that's right. As so when they like, escaped when they yeah. escaped from... Uh, from Solomon, from she Solomon, grabs the, Witch of the, the West, Witch of the West with them. And the yeah. little dog. And the little dog who flies with his ears and breaks yeah, yeah. which is a hilarious bit of visual comedy. <laughs> the dog provides yeah. a lot of visual comedy. Yeah. There's, yeah, the dog is a cute. few... And the Witch of the West is like this like neutralized old yeah, woman. Yeah, now that her magic's taken away, mm-hmm. she's kind of lost all her threat. She's like kind of demented. Yeah, she's a little bit senile. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, she just is kind of not all there. And they, you just kind of feel sorry for her. Yeah, now. she's totally not a threat anymore. Yeah. And like, um, Sophie's Hal's gone. fine with it. Yeah. He's like, what do you have here? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sophie's gone from hating the Witch of the West to being like, now she's taking care of her. Basically. Yeah, feeding her. She's feeding her. her into bed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But what happens is the mother, Sophie's mother comes and visits yeah. Sophie at the hat shop. Yeah. And she's under orders from Solomon and she leaves like this poison spying worm. Yeah. And which makes Calcifer sick. And the witch of the West catches it and feeds it to Calcifer yeah. to kill it. But it also makes Calcifer sick. Yeah. So Calcifer can't. So you, you realize that one of the reasons nobody can find them is because Calcifer protects the house. Mm-hmm. But now that he's sick, he can't protect it as much. Mm-hmm. The same time, the city that the, this house exists in is being bombed, mm-hmm. which is some really intense bombing yeah. scenes. Like. Like very scary like World War II mm-hmm. firebombing stuff going on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And at the same time, there there all these like weird like transformed wizards, I'm guessing that's what those are. Mm-hmm. Basically Solomon's henchmen, but they're like these living blobs yeah, kinda. Like bug blobs. Bug blobs, yeah. Are are trying to get into the house. Yeah. Um, and at this point, um, you know, Sophie is pretty much transformed back into a young girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just kind of stayed there. But she she never really notices it. It's yeah, an interesting thing. It seemed to mean thing. a lot to her. I'd be like, yeah. yes! <laughs> I'm young again. Yeah. yeah. But she never, it's never really noticed or acknowledged. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It's almost like Hal's always seen her for who she is. Yeah. And she's never cared what she looks like yeah. in a way. So yeah. it doesn't really matter to either of them. Yeah. That's know? a good point because yeah, she, she kind of, she keeps continues to fade in and out until mm-hmm. like by this point, she's, she's just, just young. There, yeah. yeah. She's just there. And I think it's mostly because like her love for Hal is like, she tells him, I don't yeah. know if it's in a vision or a dream. She, it is. She it's says, in a dream don't you understand? I love you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so that might be kind of her turning point. Yeah. Yeah. Where she admits that she loves him. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hal, Hal has to, to defend them, transform into like this creature, mm-hmm. right? But the, the more he transforms into it, the harder it is for him to get back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so their house is being firebombed um, and Hal's having to defend it. They end up coming up with this plan mm-hmm. of how they can, um, how they can, get away from this bombing. he won't stop defending them and Sophie is seeing that the bombing is getting way worse than they thought it was going to be and he's going to die. Yeah. No, wait, how? Don't go out there. It's too dangerous. Another wave's coming and Calcifer's too weak to stop the bombs. Let's run. Don't fight them, Hal. Sorry. I've had enough of running away, Sophie. And now I've got something I want to protect. It's you. 
And so she says we have to move the house. We have to move the house. To get Hal yeah. to stop protecting this bombing bombed area, yeah, basically. Exactly. And show him that, hey, we're okay. Mm-hmm. You don't have to defend this anymore. And I think Hal kind of is saying like he loves her because he says, I have something to protect now and yeah. something to live for. He clearly and, he clearly loves you know, her too. Yeah. So the interesting I mean, there's this one scene like where they're she's watching like this battle and it's just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like the way it's animated is just like where they're up on that hill mm-hmm. and it's raining super hard mm-hmm. and you can kind of see like the things blowing up through the mist. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'm just like really blown away yeah. by how like like beautifully animated, cinematic, how yeah. cinematic it is. Yeah, yeah. it's just, and, but this is one of those movies that you couldn't do. It could only exist as a cartoon. I think. Yeah. It's no, like, not I, as a real movie for I sure. I have no idea how you would animate this as like, uh, I mean, yeah. you'd have to do tons of computer animation. It, it would, would feel really terrible. fake. It'd feel like one of those dumb Alice in Wonderland movies or yeah, something. Yeah, or like, like Clash of the Titans or something like that. <laughs> or like War of the Titan Gods. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever they are. But yeah, no, it's it's a movie that could only be animated, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Yeah, there's really... Yeah. Not all Ghibli movies are like that. You no. Know? But, um, but this is definitely one of those movies. I think it's because it's such a mess, mesh of magic and reality. Yeah. Where they're living side by side. And that really doesn't work in a lot of, yeah. you know, it doesn't, when they try to do that, yeah, it doesn't look good otherwise. Yeah. Which is one of the things that bugs me that they treat animated movies as their own category, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like, no, this is a movie. Yeah. And like. It's not it's, like a, yeah, like a be, movie on film it's, it's, is real. Yeah, it's much more cinematic than uh-huh. like a lot of films that are made, you mm-hmm. know. Um Anyway, so yeah, so they move, they have to move the castle. It kind of destroys the castle in the process. Marco, I need your help. Mm -hmm. Are you crazy? I can't move the portals without Hal's help. You have to try. If we don't break away, Hal will keep protecting the hat shop. I preferred him as a coward. But they're just trying to get to to Hal to tell him we're safe, we're okay, stop defending this area. but in the big middle of this, it's this crazy thing. They're rushing. The castle's running. It's kind of a different, like a bunch of stuff has fallen off. Mm-hmm. What you find out, what Sophie has to do to get the Calcifer, the fire demon, to move the house, though, she has to give him a part of her. She has to give him her braid. Yeah, like he. All right. I need something of yours, Sophie. Why is that? I can't do it by myself. How about your eyes? Huh? Needs he some needs power. something from some you. Fuel. Yeah, something from you mm-hmm. to do to make this to do this mm-hmm. magic to accomplish this magic of moving the house alone because he can't move the house without Hal, so he has yeah. to have a piece of Sophie to move the house. Exactly, but you kind of get you start to get the logic a little bit of how Calcifer works. Like mm-hmm. to do his magic to make him powerful, you have to give him a piece of yourself, mm-hmm. right? And, what, and the more you give of him, the more powerful yeah, he the is. Yeah, the more, because he says, like, imagine what I could have done with your eyes mm-hmm. or with your heart. Yeah, you know? he's like, with your eyes, I'll take those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so so you have now this very stripped down moving castle. Right, because it's not as powerful as Hal's heart. Yeah. It's like, she gives him her braid. Yeah. And so exactly. it's like kind of this, it's kind of like this little mini castle. Yeah. It's just cool. It's like a little it's chicken cool. yeah. walking around. Yeah, so they're in this thing, but what, what happens at the very minute, the Witch of the Waste is still there. She's yeah. just kind of hanging around. Yeah. And she sees inside of Calcifer this strange object, which she realizes is Hal's heart. Mm-hmm. So what we realize at this point kind of the logic of how the magic in this film works is that Hal gave Calcifer his heart so he could make so he could have this power mm-hmm. basically he gave him the the most important part of himself mm-hmm. um, which is someone damaged Hal 
mm-hmm. but it makes calcifer very powerful mm-hmm. through you know how through calcifer very powerful but the witch of the waste has always wanted Hal's heart yeah she's kind of a collector of men's hearts yes. apparently so she grabs the heart and it kind of everything goes wrong at this point mm-hmm. like she's holding on to the heart it makes it so calcifer can't control the house like everything's um, falling apart. Everything's falling apart. So uh, she starts catching on fire because mm-hmm. she's holding on to Calcifer, who's a living fire demon. Mm-hmm. And the Witch of the Waste is like burning up. Yeah. Sophie's freaking out. <laughs> so in, like in the moment of panic, she grabs this water bucket and throws it on Calcifer uh-huh. to put out the Witch of the Waste. She actually... You should never yeah. do that to Calcifer. Right. right? Like, and he, through the whole movie, he's yeah. always like, Don't, I'm careful. I'm getting yeah. wet. Like, I'm I, wet. He's really afraid of yeah. water. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, I need fuel. Please. Yeah, I'm going like, to go out. Like, it's his, like the Witch of the West. There's like and, a real yeah. threat of him going out through yeah. the whole movie where it's yeah. like very important to keep him going. And yeah. he, he's like very like nervous about his wood supply. Yeah. And so, exactly. So that is kind of like when she throws water on him, it's shocking. Yeah. It like is uh, the one thing you should not do with Calcifer. So, so um, at that moment, like the whole kind of house falls apart even more. She like falls down this canyon away. The house runs off mm-hmm. with, you know, uh, with Calcifer and the witch in the ways. She's all alone with the dog. And Marco. Basically. I think Marco's with them. Yeah, and she realizes, like, oh my gosh, I totally blew it. You know, I I put, I put through water on yeah, Calcifer. Yeah. You know, what have I done? Um, but the door is still there, mm-hmm. the magic door that is like the portal to all these worlds. And so it shows her, it leads her basically to a memory of how She has a ring that points her to home. Yeah. Basically. Exactly. And it, it points to the door. Yeah. So she goes through this door and in this very trippy scene. Yeah. It's, it's like really a cool. dream kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, she goes almost back in time and she sees the moment when when Calcifer and Hal met. Mm-hmm. So Hal's like this young boy. He's back on this mountaintop lake. At where, the place where the flowers are. Yeah, where and, the flowers mm-hmm. are. And it's this night of all these falling stars. Mm-hmm. And apparently Calcifer is like a fallen star. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what you learn. And it's this moment where she realizes that Hal gave Calcifer his heart. But do you think that Hal gave Calcifer his heart to save Calcifer? Or did he do it... It maybe it's a little bit implied because bit the ambiguous. stars like all die. Yeah, eventually. they like hit water and they kind of flicker out, and you yeah. see there's like little like a little people. image yeah. of like a little person that dies when, um, yeah, when they land, and and ca- and Hal catches Calcifer. Yeah, yeah. And you almost feel like it's like a mutual thing. Yeah, like, like they, to keep Calcifer alive. But I mean, in return, Hal kind of gets power from Calcifer. Yeah, and Cal becomes more powerful mm-hmm. through doing this. Um, but it also makes him lose kind of his heart mm-hmm. and it makes him like essentially it seems like kind of losing touch with his humanity or yeah. his ability to stay human mm-hmm. you know and also I feel like his, his he has the heart of like a child yeah where like I think you see that like with this like facade of like being really gallant yeah. and like charming and yeah. cool he's, he's really a child up. he's still yeah, a child you know? yeah um so um yeah I guess it is like he's in a perpetual adolescence mm-hmm. right yeah um, so she realizes how to, how to save Hal basically, mm-hmm. um, and how to, um, you know, kind of fix the whole situation. And so she goes back to the present. She finds Hal who's like trapped in this freaky bird form. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Um, he's been all beaten up. He's super wounded mm-hmm. and everything. But he takes her. They go back to Calcifer mm-hmm. and the Witch of the Waste. And uh, yeah, how does this? Yeah, it's end? an interesting scene. She mm-hmm. she convinces the Witch of the Waste to give the heart back because yeah. she doesn't. She wants to keep it for herself. Yeah. She gets she gets the heart, and it's now it's like this little blue flame with yeah. Calcifer inside of it. Yeah. And she says that. You know, can I do this? Yeah. And Calcifer says, "I think you can." Uh-huh. I don't because there's, there's kind of a risk of both of them dying. I yeah. think, and so Calcifer tells her that I think you can. So uh-huh. she puts puts it back in his mm-hmm. chest, basically. Yeah. Um. Yep. And and yeah, and Hal comes back to life. He yeah. was he was like very close to death. Yeah. It's 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 a very it's. It, if you watch Ghibli movies, they wrap up quick. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. they they like they, the last they peak mm-hmm. and they're done. Mm-hmm. You know, it's which I actually really like about it. Yeah, this and, ending was kind of funny in a way. Yeah, it's super abrupt, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like everything's like better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like and we're done. Yeah, um, and the story's resolved because like, yeah, everything happens really quickly. Where like, um, you know, Hal wakes up, Calcifer's freed now. Mm-hmm. He's you know he's not connected to you know, Hal. Yeah, so Calcifer comes out and he's he's free, but. Alive yeah. and yeah. Hal's alive and yeah. whole, and then the curse is broken. The curse is broken, and it's also, been broken for a while. Too. Yeah, 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 yeah. But she's she now just has white hair. Yeah, like but otherwise yeah. she's normal. And the last little twist is yeah. that the the turnip, turnip head, head, the the scarecrow, is actually been a prince who is under a curse. Well, and she kisses him because yeah. he saves them as as they put yeah. Calcifer back. Yeah, they start she, falling down the castle. Cliff. What's left? It's really cool. It's yeah. just a platform that's yeah. left. And they fall down a cliff and Turnip Head saves them. And she's like, you saved us, Turnip Head. And she mm-hmm. kisses him. That's right. And and he's like, you bro-. He turns into like this really gallant, like yeah. dapper blonde man. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you broke the curse of, you know, I was yeah. in the wastelands. And, and this is curse. why the whole war has been going exactly. on. Exactly. Yeah, so so the, yeah, the, the whole war. Yeah, yeah. And, exactly. And he said, and it's kind of funny because it's kind of like... I, it, almost like Midsummer Night's Dream, where yeah. everybody loves somebody who's yeah. in disguise, and yeah. uh, he's like, "Only a true love's kiss could break my curse." And yeah. they're kind of like, "Sorry, <laughs> yeah. she loves him." Yeah. <laughs> he's like, "No, she's with Hal." Try again in a year. Yeah, he's kind of like, "Aw." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he's not that like heartbroken yeah. about yeah. it. And then at the same time, the little dog who's been with them yeah. checks in with Solman because yeah. he's kind of like her, like Flotsam and Jetsam from Little Mermaid yeah. eyes. But he's. He hasn't been a traitor. He decides at this point to check in with Solman. And she sees there's the prince. Oh, Hal and her, you know, together and whole. Yeah, Hal has, like, been healed without Mm -hmm. having to go to Solomon. And, um... She's and just kind of like, oh, well. <laughs> I think arbitrarily, I think that this was kind of like a little take on war in yeah. a way where she's like this kind of person sitting outside of everything and decides yeah. to end the war. Like, yeah. okay, we'll be done now. Yeah. And she sort of started the war that way, too. Yeah. So I think it's kind of like, why are these people uh-huh. just sitting here deciding we should go to war? Yeah. Sort of, you know? It's definitely um, not a pro-war film. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, and so it so ends. the war ends. The war ends, <laughs> and all in like this this brief period. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, the last shot is of them now in a flying castle. Yeah, in the sky, and it's just like super beautiful and yeah, perfect. Exactly, like Marco's playing with yeah. the dog, and yeah. and her and Hal are in love, and like yeah. super carefree. She's wearing like, like a, a sundress, yeah. and yeah. 
Yeah. I liked the last part too because her hair is still white. Yeah. And he says something like, "Your hair is beautiful." And she says, "I think so too." <laughs> and I just like that because it's kind yeah. of like you see how much she's developed. That yeah. she is like, "Yeah, I my hair is beautiful now," and yeah. she's super just like happy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's how that's that's the end of the film. Um, so what did you think of this film? I really, really liked it. I think I feel like I've seen it before and I don't think I liked it for some reason, Uh or maybe I saw parts of it, but I loved it. It's like up there for me. Yeah. This for whatever reason, for, I've talked to a lot of people like, eh, it's not one of my favorite. Like it seems to like not be in the top Hmm. of Ghibli films, but it's always been like very, very high ranked for me. I think because of the... The love aspect yeah. is new and nice. Yeah, I really like Sophie as a character. Mm-hmm. I really like Sophie. Uh, I think she's just. Um, I like her and Hal too. Yeah, exactly. They really make sense. Yeah, exactly. Where like he's like this dashing, beautiful, <laughs> yeah. like kind of yeah. silly almost man, yeah. and she's like serious but loves him for exactly yeah. who he is. Uh-huh. Like loves that yeah. he is just kind of silly and yeah. like. No, there it's it's Immature. like it's got it's a very it, it really similar to I guess Spirited Away. It feels very fairy tale logic, right? Even a little bit more maybe than Spirit, like classic fairy tale. Mm-hmm. Um, just where someone's under a curse Curses and they have to and, do these things mm-hmm. to break the curse, mm-hmm. you know, and all these different curses going on. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's it's a it's a favorite for me. Yeah, and I think it's interesting. So I know we talked last time about like adolescent girl, pre adolescent girl, right? You know, who's like kind of like the least like powerful, you know, heroine that you could right. think of. It, I mean, maybe. Second to uh, an 90-year-old old woman. A 90-year-old woman as your <laughs> right. heroine. Because she has no yeah. beauty at her. Like, yeah. she has no, like, feminine wiles. She doesn't wiles. start off super beautiful. And then she gets becomes a 90-year-old woman. She's just, like, an yeah. invisible. And she's... And they don't make her, like, a beautiful 90-year-old woman. She's, no, like, she's a got, crone. Yeah, you know? she's exactly... She's, like, People, super wrinkled. She looks like a witch. Yeah, she know? looks like a bent old... You know, it's, like, it's definitely not... They're not soft softening no. the uh, the blow, right? There, like you know? it's full on. She nine She's year old, She's an woman. old, you know, mm-hmm. grandma, uh, grandma. Yeah, and so again, just just it's very interesting that. But this is the hero of the mm-hmm. film, you mm-hmm. know, someone who uh, uh, really um, and and you just see her character develop mm-hmm. as this old woman, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I think that's just what makes it so interesting to me is mm-hmm. that you you would pick that, right? You know, and I think. She again. She doesn't. Um, it's just we we do live in a little bit of a, a time when it, it's interesting. Where I read somewhere that most action stars are like in their fifties. Hmm. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's like just. Um, hmm. But if you think about it, like a lot of like yeah, like a lot of guys you know are even older now. You know right. Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know Harrison Ford. Brad you know, Pitt. Uh, yeah, Brad Pitt, and they they all kind of like peak. yeah, like all the Avenger guys. Yeah, and they're like, in their forties, they're hitting fifty, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff. Um, and but their whole thing is like they act like twenty year olds, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, they act like young men. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But age is not something that we're really interested in right. at you, all. <laughs> you know, you mean like, like getting old or... Or just like having characters who are old. Right. You know, I mean, right. it's just like you don't see a lot of... Or they're usually targeted at like an old person right. audience. Right. You know, but you would never see a cartoon where you like have the main character right. as like a really old person. Right. You know, that's a pre- that's that doesn't happen. <laughs> um, you know, because it's, it's hard to identify with, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of like hush hushed almost like it's like this thing that's going to happen to all of us but let's try to like pretend it's not and not like yeah talk about it um yeah yeah so it's I think that was a really interesting choice that mm-hmm. they made to do that and not to shy away from that mm-hmm. and not to be like, well, she'll, she'll have like white hair, but she'll be super beautiful. <laughs> right. like she look, won't look old, right. you know? Um, and, uh, just the, just her as a character again is a very interesting character mm-hmm. where like she, she doesn't, when she gets this curse, she doesn't just wallow mm-hmm. in the curse. Um, but she, She's not even that concerned with breaking it. Yeah, she's exactly. kind of just like doing her thing. Yeah, and it just yeah. She's never like, can you? Bro-? You know, she yeah. asked Sullivan or yeah. not Sullivan, the Witch of the West, to break it. Yeah, but just kind of like as like a taunt almost. Yeah, like, break it and I'll help you up the stairs. Yeah, why don't you break my curse and yeah. I'll help you up the stairs? But she's yeah. never like like that would be my sole mission. Like I yeah, have she to doesn't even seem curse. to leave and go to find how to break the curse. Mm-mm. It's almost just like she knows she can't stay where she is yeah. as this old woman. Yeah. But she just decides to go off on her own. Yeah. Um, so she's a really interesting character to me. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I just like found her like, and you can definitely have a little crush on her. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I always have just because yeah. uh, just because. So I think with Disney princesses, the, the thing that you don't that's hard to why it's hard to connect with them, at least for a guy, mm-hmm. maybe, is they, no matter what, they are they they don't ever have any kind of like inner depth mm-hmm. or vulnerability in this weird sort of way. I don't know if that's weird or what, but they don't like ever show you like right. a deeper like side of themselves of like who they are, you know. And so you don't you, you get the sense of a very shallow kind of person, and it's, and it's sort of frustrating. To, because they get everything they ever wanted mm-hmm. by just being beautiful. And they don't even like in their hardships, like it's kind of like yeah. they just float through these situations mm-hmm. and everybody like the story is surrounded, is driven by the way people are reacting to their beauty yeah, in a way. A little bit, like, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying you know, to think of, I, I would say major exception would be Rapunzel. I think she's I love a Tangled. well, okay. really great character. She is great not character. part of this conversation. Yeah, she's, we'll exclude her from this conversation. Even Belle a little, yeah, suffers she's a little bit that better, a yeah. little bit, you know, bit, but, even though I think they did the best out of the classic princess, she's the most developed, but even so. But she never, like, Belle has no flaws. Is right. kind of, I think maybe that's kind of the hard part, or, or, and, and she's... I love Beauty and the Beast. Yes. But the more interesting character in that one is the Beast. Love the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and because he's someone who has very all flawed. those very flawed working and, through stuff. And you get these glimmers of like inner like inner beauty with him, mm-hmm. you know, cuz that's kind of the whole theme of the movie. But you see him learning to not be selfish. Learning to not be selfish and and, and has has this this kind of vulnerability that mm-hmm. gives you empathy for mm-hmm. him, you know. And it's hard I think to some to have maybe empathy or love for someone I who's just, like so stunningly beautiful and always like 
I don't I know. I really have a problem with, like, as, honestly, just, it's been through Ghibli. Like, this has been, when I think about the Disney princesses and remember being a little girl and watching those movies, and it's like, you just, like, it's just ingrained in you, like, if you're beautiful yeah. and you have, like, all the right stuff, mm. like, you know, yeah. like, it's just yeah. such a weird message where yeah. it is beauty and the boy <laughs> and yeah. and you win the boy by being beautiful yeah. and having really romantic moments, yeah. you know, where you dance and whatever, you <laughs> yeah, know, like exactly. so beautiful. They're yeah. beautiful fairy tales. Like I get it. But yeah. like for these to be what we feed our young <laughs> girls yeah. is just kind of like, I think it's bad. Well, I think that was the thing that kind of came out with Spirited Away where he was talking about where he was reading what young girls were being given. Yeah. He was like, I don't think this is what they really want. Or what they should have. Or what they because should have. Honestly, yeah. I ate it up. Like, yeah. and I think it's, it's feeding a side of girls that is definitely there that shouldn't really be fed. Yeah, but dude, but yeah, and I wonder like, yeah, but that's what I think is so interesting about his characters is that, you know, they are generally like the, when you think of like Ghibli heroines, mm-hmm. I don't think of like beautiful. No, they're very plain. They're Their usually faces very, are plain, very plain, but they're also very like very like virtuous, but not in a, in a like kind of fairy tale kind of. Well, like exactly. Sleeping Beauty who just yeah. like through the forest, yeah, exactly. like gathering flowers and, yeah. and even like Snow White is a little yeah. different cause she's a little girl, yeah. but she also gets isn't. married at the end. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but it's such a fairy tale. Exactly. So like but it it's like they, they learn, but virtuous in a realistic sort of way, right. I think is the thing. Like if you look at Chichiro, she starts off as very annoying, but mm-hmm. she she's the hero of that story through, you know, hard work and caring and about other people. Yeah. I think I think also Ghibli really creates yeah. really real relationships. Like yeah, where they care about Castle much, in the Sky, yeah. you know, yeah. you spirited away. Yeah. They have these relationships that are that are based on like like friendship mm-hmm. and like affection yeah. and kind of grow. Yeah. And and they're heroes through working hard and then also genuinely caring about other people in like a very like sacrificial and practical way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like we met in a forest and danced and now he's in love with me and Mm going to fight Maleficent. I don't know, you know. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I think I always really resonated with like, because you really feel like Sophie loves Hal Mm -hmm. in a very real sort of way. She loves him and she knows him. Yeah. She knows who he is. Exactly. Exactly. And he's not some dashing prince, even though he kind of starts off that way. But you see all these really weird adolescent sides Mm -hmm. to him over the the course of the story. Mm -hmm. Um, And they don't really have any like real... Like, oh, I know you, you know, moments sort of thing. You know, it's, it's this, this very kind of this relationship that develops in a, I don't know, a very kind of real way. It it emotionally connects with you, Mm -hmm. I think is, is how is, is the end result. And, um, and as someone 
two, you know, I just, I also liked just the whole kind of tie with love and her curse, Mm -hmm. which is a theme that happens over and over again. True love's kiss, breaking a curse Mm -hmm. is nothing new, Mm -hmm. but it's interesting how, you know, she's someone who's introverted, you know, and by loving and like opening herself up, Mm -hmm. um, it's, uh, you know, is, is how she, mm-hmm. you know, sort of breaks her curse. Right. Um, and I, I don't know, I think that's an interesting idea of kind of what, you know, how love is in many ways by, in a sense that it's very much opening yourself up yeah. and being vulnerable to someone else, right. you know, um, and, uh, and caring more about them than you care about protecting yourself. Right. I think right. is, you know, is kind of how that works is losing, it's not a, it's like a completely selfless thing is, yeah. you know, what true, but what being in love is, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, so I, and I appreciated that. I thought that was kind of a deep, mm-hmm. uh, a deep insight. Yeah. Very. Um, any other thoughts on the film? Oh, no, but I really liked it. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely up there for me. Yeah. We'll have to see where it lands in the definitive uh, <laughs> in the Ghibli definitive ranking. definitive list. Yeah. That we'll do at the end of this. So, um, yeah. So we only have two left. Um, so this, uh, the the next film we'll be doing is... is it- I Ponyo. want to say it's Ponyo. It's Ponyo, yeah. Uh, Ponyo, and then... Which I'm uh, excited about because it has kids in it, yes. right? Yeah, yeah exactly. And so I loved, little kids. I loved My Neighbor Totoro. Like, yeah. I love the way they animate kids. Yeah. It's so adorable. Then Followed by the Wind Rises. And I will say, okay. these next two are pretty low on my list. Oh. I've only seen both of them once. Okay. So, um... Oh, Lily says she loves Ponyo. Hmm. Um... I'll see how I feel about it. I haven't seen him. For, I, I recently watched The Wind Rises, and it was very good. It's it's definitely an interesting swan song for him. Okay. Um, and is he done? Like, is he not? officially retired. He's retired. He yeah. Um, but uh, Ponyo, at the time when I saw it, uh, it just it wasn't terrible or anything. It just wasn't something that, like, like really, really struck you. Really hit me. Hmm. But, yeah. Well, and he's probably, as each of these movies, like, stepping back mm. further. Yeah. I mean. Well, the, no, he doesn't. He doesn't. No, no, he still stays as involved as he ever is. Okay. And he's, like, drawing the animation. Still. Yeah, okay. It's crazy. So that's yeah. why he's retired. Like. Yeah. He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't yeah. slow down. It's a hard, wow. hard job. Um, I will say, I think Ponyo had some really cool animation, as I remember. Okay. But we'll see. All right. Well, thanks, Rosalind, yeah. for joining it and joining uh, the podcast. Yes. Oh, we'll, should we say where you find us? Oh, yeah. If you want to stay that. in touch. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to ask if you to leave a rating because you know oh. that you should. <laughs> we don't even have to say it. We don't okay? even have to say it. It's clearly implied. Yeah. You listen um, to your conscience. Yeah. It's between you and God now. Exactly. Um <laughs> So it's, uh, yeah, you can find us on Facebook at Culture Zoo, a Mighty Guild of Geeks. You can find us on Twitter at CZU Podcast. And you can follow us on Instagram at uh, Culture Zoo Podcast. Yes. And we're, we're on there. We're doing the whole social media thing, taking endless selfies of ourselves mm. at our... As we work out, I actually out, have like a publicist run. who does it for me. It's well, don't ruin the illusion. Sorry. We want people to think that yeah. we, we're maybe, when I tweet, it's really me. Yeah, wink, exactly. Wink, nudge, nudge. Exactly. No. Our publicity team wants people to think it's us. <laughs> um, yeah, but then you can follow us there, and we will be back soon. All right. Hi. Your work is right on it. Right on.
Culture Zoo is a production of One Drawing a Day. You can learn more about Culture Zoo and One Drawing a Day and all sorts of other things at onedrawingaday.wordpress.com. You can follow Culture Zoo for regular updates on geeky stuff at Podcast on Twitter. If you want to buy amazing t-shirts featuring our podcast logo, among other things, you can purchase them at store.culturezoo.com. <laughs>